Hey guys, welcome to Classic Sundays. I'm here with Chantelle, Lena, the new mom-to-be. Well, not new mom-to-be, but new mom, actually. And me, Keisha, will probably join us a little bit later. But this week, we watched Clockwork Orange, which was Chantelle's pick. And it's set in England in the future and is about Alex and his droves uh, spending their nights getting high at the Corova Milk Bar and then going out in, like vandalizing and doing bad stuff and basically he gets arrested for murdering the cat lady and goes into this behavior modification program which basically just kind of brainwashes him and then he's returned uh, returned to the world like defenseless and like basically a victim to all his victims so it was definitely an interesting movie so hopefully you enjoy it and here we go Hey guys, quick thing before the podcast starts. Um, Last week for The Deer Hunter, I was actually mistaken. Um, It was a Russian Orthodox church in Tremont. The one that I was thinking of in um, Parma looks exactly the same. And so that's why I was like, oh no, it's the Parma one. But actually yesterday, um, me and Lena went out to eat. uh, And we actually drove by the Tremont location and that is the correct one so Keisha was correct uh, when she did say it was Tremont and it was my fault so sorry about that but just doing a little fact check for you guys and Chantelle it was your movie so you go ahead see I want to see how you you feel about this (laughs) all right so it was my movie I selected this movie a clockwork orange um because of I, I had heard of its popularity before. So I went in blind. I did not know what this movie was about <laughs> prior to picking it. I just knew that I had heard a lot about it in pop culture. So I considered like, hmm, maybe it's a classic. We should probably add this to our list. So as wa- watching it and going through, of course, my fun fact uh, that I will do later, um, realized it's an X-rated movie. It's an X-rated movie for a reason. <laughs> the first two mm-hmm. scenes have a lot of naked bodies. Um, <laughs> and I started questioning my movie choice at that moment in time. Um, <laughs> I literally wrote, I may regret picking it. Yeah, uh, I remember me and Lena started watching it together. And we kind of stopped like 20 minutes in. We're like, can I be, honest? be able to finish this? <laughs> like, I, I finished, finished it. it. I could not go back to it. Yeah, it was to be very graphic. I the the sexual violence of the movie was too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very very much against anything of that kind of thing thing, um, and it was just way too much. I could not go back to it. I could not do it. Um, sorry, Chantel. Well, fifteen. I was. I yeah, 15 very... minutes in, there was already two rape scenes, and the the, the milk yeah. itself had psychedelics in it or something. Yeah, I That was I also to use something it, but... that we noticed, too, is, like, their use of Russian in this movie. Yeah, it wasn't, I like, super obvious, but, like, Karova is, mi- like, a cacao, like, the Cow. bar that they go to. Is, yep. um, and then Moloko, like, is the milk bar, you know, so it's, like, and then they have, like, Dievashka, Imajik, like, it, like, it's just, like, they have these Russian words, like, thrown into it. Which was kind of weird. Like they didn't have anything saying like why it was Russian, but he used a lot of like Russian words. 
um and just to be talking and describing things because like you didn't finish the whole entire movie but like uh-uh. later on he was also saying just like like r- words in russian and i just didn't understand where it was coming from since it was set in like london um so that was like a weird like i don't know it was weird so that was so the the movie's based on a book and the language in the book i as i did not add it to my fun facts but i recall that it was something to the effect of it it was a russian so the writer was russian i would i wouldn't say the writer was russian but like maybe it was but the the way that they wrote it was, I want to say it was like Russian. I want to look it up, but I want to say it was like, and I feel like this is the wrong word for it. Like Russian poetry. Hmm. Something, something that effect. it, it was something, but it definitely was, it was Russian based and the milk bar was also. So I was after I was looking it up because I started noticing those things too. And I was looking at fun facts while watching the movie then I was like, it might be interesting to hear yours and Lena's thoughts on, you know, like w- if you picked up on any of that stuff throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, because like I noticed like because like there was no, that's why I was so confused of why it was so much Russian. Because literally in the whole entire movie, nothing was brought up about Russia. Nothing like, you know, because usually if it's like 70s, it's like Soviet, you know, like communism. But like literally like there was no russian in this movie and yet they're all talking and having like russian words in it with like i don't know it's, it's yeah, felt, like I mean, really like out the, of place to me the yeah the, grammar... the way that they talk to is different that yeah i think lena you're about to touch on that so i'll let you finish honestly the grim so russian for me like i was i actually went to school in ukraine russian was my first language actually i read write all of that russian and grammatically speaking their use of it um particularly because like i've done translations too i can tell you right now that it was if not 100 percent accurate then it was very damn close like the first the little bit that i was able to watch um it was correct grammatically using those words um i hated the fact that he used russian though i feel like there is and Apparently, this the book I looked it up because the author was not, mm-hmm. in fact, Russian. Um, the book was written around World War II, um, and because and around the time that his the author's wife was assaulted by a gang of drunk American servicemen in during World War II. So mm-hmm. I don't know why the Russian came into play um, at all. I don't know if it's because Russia was not... Yeah, it was just... It wasn't really... Russian, the Russian was so random in this Russia movie. was... Russia, like, during World War II, they pulled out, if I remember correctly, because of the amount of deaths that they incurred. Like, it, it, it did... I don't know, like, if there was a political reason that he did it. I can't find any information on why um and yeah Drug, apparently the drug that they kept talking about was a mm-hmm. bastardization of the word drug, which is yeah, like friend and yeah i i don't know 
I don't know why. Yeah, like like I said, like it's, it's just it was so random that I just like I did not understand why it needed to be in there. I feel but like I guess Russian like like Americans and English, they obviously like they don't understand Russian, so it's like they're no. just saying words. So like for someone that is Russian, like watching it, you're like, why? Like I don't understand why it's in here, but I guess it's here. Like the thing okay, that I like, and I'm sorry I'm taking so long to get to my point. The thing with it that made me kind of with the use of Russian upset me was the fact that Russian is so frequently used in Russian culture, Russian people, and it's like the bad guy, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. I am so sick and tired of seeing that portrayal in media and in movies because it's such a stereotype that my like that was my first reaction when I heard the use of Russian words. Yeah, I think that's why movie, like you, you, we felt so weird about me. it is because like literally it was like one moment a person's getting raped and then the second like right after it's like Russian and yeah. it's like I feel like because it was just the so association kind of like right, one right, right after, after the other too. Yeah, like that's why we felt so like wrong. Like it felt wrong to us because it was like literally like rape scene. And then here's some Russian. And it, it's that it might not be like obvious, but it's just like it was it's just off putting of like, here's a rape scene. And then here's like we're at a Russian bar. And it's I don't know. It's just it, yeah. it was weird. And like the whole entire like the whole premise, like the underlining of the movie was so sexual that like I just felt. Yeah, I felt uncomfortable. And I'm not a person that's like uncomfortable about sex. Like, I'm very open about sexuality. And just this movie made me so uncomfortable like i truly don't understand why people like this movie and it's so talked about and it's so hyped because like i've heard of clockwork orange i've never just watched i didn't know what the premise was but like i completely do not understand why it's so popular like are there people okay because it is not a good movie (laughs) all right so as okay what two things one to touch upon um your you and lena like touching upon like the russian aspect of it so as an american and you know having you guys as my friends i don't i didn't hear you guys i don't hear you guys often say things like droog and like you know things to that effect like things that like i was hearing in the movie as much so it didn't hit me right away that it was you know russian because the setting where it was at and what they were filming it didn't it didn't feel like it right away so i didn't catch on to that um, i just thought that it was just like I, I wrote down this is a nutty movie with weird language like i didn't understand like why they were saying things the way that they were the the language patterns the like this that and the other now that you bring that up i completely and and, and now that I, like when i was going through fun facts like i completely see how that would be offensive and annoying and frustrating um but yeah no and and also before i get to my second point also the nakedness also made me just as equally uncomfortable i was like what the hell am i watching like i was like this is like a like supposedly some classic like really referred to film but i will say that and and the second half did have bits and, and the violence made me uncomfortable. But after I got to the second half of the movie, like after that, that whatever that was, the first half and, like, and all of that in it, after that was over, I kind of started to see why it was highly rated 
uh, I know Lena, you didn't get to this part necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, this I, was I think second part. I agree but, with you when it at the like towards the end where it kind of shows you like the downfall of um, like was it actually a good thing to have him brainwashed? Um, like for me, I was yeah, like, I made a note I'm like. It, it would have been better for him just to stay in prison for the rest of his life. Like the him going through the like behavioral like um, modification program, I think was worse for him than actually just staying in prison and just being who he is well, and for the rest of his life. See, I felt the, like that did it worse for him. Well, uh, okay, so there, there's there's two major points that are in here at the second half of the movie that contribute to it being such a psychological, like mess with your mind, evoke your emotion kind of movie. So I was, I was hoping that Keisha would be on here at this time. Cause this is, this definitely, it definitely it's pissed her me alley. off. The rape yeah. scenes and all that stuff like really pissed me off. And like, I was like, Oh, like it's an emotional, like provoking movie. I was like, Keisha will like, you know, probably appreciate this, but um, so basically, Lena, I know that you weren't in here on the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically he goes to prison for accidentally or purposely murdering a woman. He got too carried away with a giant dick sculpture and beat her to death. Um, <laughs> is that yes. surprising with how um, this movie is going? Um, anyway, well, considering the fact that they had a lamp that looked like nipple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It, the artwork. I want to know who put uh, who set up all these sets too, because the artwork was all over. I was like, oh my god, everyone has this stuff in their home. But anyways, the second half of the movie was he he murdered accidentally or on purpose. Um, could be argued, but he murdered, and he went to prison, and he served two years of sentence, and you know, snuffed up to the pre- the priest that was there, and like acted like he was some good Christian boy now, and like resolved all his sins, and he was like, hey, let me get on. Let me get in on this, like, um, basically classical conditioning. I think it started with an L, and they mentioned it a couple times. Alyssa, do you remember the name of it? No, yeah. I don't. But well, anyway. like, they brainwash you. They, like, make yeah, you watch they, videos of bad stuff, and they, so, like, it yeah. messes your they, brain up. They forced his eyes to stay open with, like, a little clip, and they put eye drops in it so that he had to keep them open. Um, and then they injected him with, like, a serum, that basically made him physically sick. And then they would make him watch acts of violence, acts of sexual nature, and he would just be physically sick. And they were also playing, he liked um, Ludwig. And Beethoven, so they- Beethoven, yeah, He yeah. likes Beethoven, so anytime he hears Beethoven. Yeah. So basically whenever he the tries ninth, to do something bad, um, anytime he, he would tries get to do something sick. bad or listen to Beethoven, he basically would just start dry heaving. And until the point where he can't move because he's just dry heaving. And so then like, they're like, well, there you go. Like he's healed because obviously he can't do this stuff anymore because every time he tries, he gets sick. So then he's like released and they kind of put him on parade in front of like an an audience saying like here, like where someone's punching him in the face and he can't do anything about it. There's a naked woman and he can't rape her. And like, um, so they're showing other people that like, Hey, he's, He's healed. Like, see, he's just going to throw up if he tries to do anything. And And he's like set out. And um, then it's just basically his life afterwards. Yeah. I think that that's why they did such. I I think that's why they made 
you like physically pissed off at your screen at the beginning, like the first half of the movie showing you how horrible and insane this person was so that when it came to that point and he went through that behavior modification, that classical conditioning, that you would now be in a position where you're debating, is he a victim of that? Or is he still like a perpetrator? Because he, See, I didn't there. feel that way. I didn't feel that way at all. Like when I was watching the first part, I felt uncomfortable. Oh like, no, I, I felt mad. completely uncomfortable. And he's an ass. <laughs> and then when he was going through the the phases, I was like, okay, like you know, may like maybe he'll get better, which I don't think so. And then when they released him, it's like I, I, they're trying to garner sympathy, but it's like. I, I don't yeah. feel simp- I, like I don't sympathize with him. I'm just like, what was the point? Like you should have just stay in prison. Like I don't when, get it. Yeah, but I but I think that's what is the the big difference, like the two tone difference of like, oh my god, like this guy was like vermin basically, and then the second half where he's literally puking if he even comes near touching a woman. It, it's funny you guys mentioned the behavior modification um, because it's when it comes down to violent perpetrators oftentimes or just people in general with psychological issues um behavior modification like has been used and it feels like you know when you're actually talking about it actually debating that whole concept of was he the victim or was this correct to do this to him um it makes me think of actual prisoners actual people who committed crimes and the way that they end up getting treated at the end of it um Mm -hmm. because you know people joke about prison all this other stuff but it's not a joke you know to the people there and it can get pretty gnarly with that um and it feels like from what you guys mentioned that the first half of the movie was showing him being the abuser, the, the person. See, that's the thing. The, the behavior modification program, it didn't heal him. It just made it so that if he wanted to do it, he would just try to throw up. And it didn't change what he thought inside. He still wanted to m- kill a person. He still wanted to rape a person. It's just he couldn't anymore because every time he tried, he would get, like, sick. I think that what... I, I think that the essence of this movie, and there's another point I'll get to later as far as do you think he was cured or not, but the essence of this movie, and I think that this is why it gets so much controversy and so many people like, you know, look to this movie and they're like, oh, like, you know, it was a good movie is because it it kind of shows how he played the system, but also the priest in this movie towards after he like demonstrated that, you know, they demonstrated, they put it on a show and they demonstrated that he could no longer do violence or, you know, commit sexual acts because it made him physically sick. And therefore he's cured. Quote unquote. Um, the priest had Mana brought up. He's like, and I have, I, I posed it in a, in a question. So it's like, basically the fact that he no longer has a moral choice since his body physically chooses for him whenever anything unmoral happens, preventing him from acting, doing the act of violence, did that actually, did that actually fix him? Or basically is he now a robot in a human body because he's not making his own choices anymore. And he's not necessarily a good person because he's not choosing good. He is forced to do good 
because he can no longer physically do what he wants to do that might be bad, like sexual acts or violence. That's a difficult debate. Like how Chantel even said he played the system. Like you can easily play a system. So I truly don't believe in like behavior. I have a different opinion in that regard. And with this movie, um, I it, so in terms of the movie itself, in terms of this particular character, I have to agree with Alyssa. And like that's a heavy debate that you brought up, Chantel. Um, but in terms of like if you were to extend that debate and go a little bit deeper of whether perpetrators in our society, modern day society, do they if you were to do that kind of behavior modification, do that actually does that actually change them? Or, you know, can a person change and be remorseful for what it is that they did and change for the better, you know, of mm-hmm. their own volition? And yes. I'm a big believer that yes, it can happen. Does mm-hmm. it frequently? It does not. Because what happens is a lot of the time, the right to the ability to choose and to change is just like with this guy, it's taken away because instead of proper treatment, instead of proper therapy, you end up with a lot of behavior modification, a lot of you're a terrible person, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. You will never amount to anything better than what it was that you did. Your action is your whole definition of self from now on. That's your label. And that's also and I like-, feel like that puts people into this catty corner. Well, they, no, they will not change of their own volition. They'll pretend to because what the hell's the point? No one would believe that they did change for the better of their own volition. Like, you didn't watch the ending, but when he was released from prison, he went back to his mom and dad's place. And like the newspapers were like not doing too like good of like a news story on him. Like it was still portrayed as a bad like light. And his parents kind of were awkward. They kind of didn't want him there anymore. And then like fast forward to like the end of the movie, the newspapers are saying like, oh, like he was the victim here, like blah, blah, blah. Government did dirty. Yeah. Like now all of a sudden the new, um, the, the parents are back wanting him like in their life again, wanting him to come back home because the newspaper said that he's the victim. So, like, I've noticed with, like, that, like, kind of how you were mentioning or, like, earlier with, like, what you were saying, it was just, like, it just depends on what people are saying. Because, like, one person saying, like, you're horrible, you can never be anything but what you did before. And then, like, the the narrative will change if, like, someone says, oh, no, you're actually, you can get better, you know, all that stuff. So, it's just, like, I kind of noticed how it was with, like, how his parents were and how the newspaper and the media were also, like, involved in it as well. Because all of a yeah. sudden, he's friends of the prime minister which the ending was i don't even understood the ending like it was well at the ending basically um the the very last scene the the minister he basically came in there and he was like hey you you know going through all of this makes us look bad we're willing to offer you a offer you a cushy and comfy life if you like work for us basically and help us change that image that we look like we're you know, we're okay again and people are okay with the government and we can get elected. And then, you know, he gives this little smile, a little smirk at the end. And then they kind of like forward to like, a, and he's like, I guess daydreaming. About yeah, like but like, it, he was summer. like, no, cause he was normal. And then all of a sudden, like his eyes kind of roll back. Like he's 
being hypnotized. That's what I was confused about. Because, like, they started playing Beethoven and all of a sudden his eyes roll back and he's, like, no longer cognitive. And then all of a sudden they show him in snow having sex with, like, a woman and there's, like, people wearing, like, Regency clothes clapping for him. Like, it did not make any sense to me. Like, I was just like, what? So what I took it as is basically they okay so basically they showed you two things in that one they showed you that the government with him going through this classical conditioning and behavior modification they basically showed like he the government now has a form of control over him which is the music the music is their form of control however he never changed his like moral standings because I mean, like, just because he's physically sick doesn't mean that he's not still, you know, wanting to do, you know, do violence and, and how, you know, sexual acts and stuff like that. They didn't take it away. So they didn't, they didn't cure him. They just had a, like a stop for it. Yeah. They have him like a pause, like a, like a, a wall. Yeah. So essentially the movie, and I think why it gets such rave reviews is the controversy of the second half of the movie where um, the, you know, the psychological behavior modification or classical conditioning, whatever you want to call it, and how, you know, was it right? Was it wrong? You know, and, and also, was he cured? No, I don't think he was cured. I think that they, in, in my personal opinion, I don't think he was cured. I think that it was very much so like yes maybe they in the moment they can like stop the behavior because like he gets physically sick but they didn't stop his thought process they didn't stop what his need to do do it yeah they didn't they didn't stop that they didn't cure that they just came up with a temporary band-aid to make society feel safer yeah that's how i feel too and and with that last scene of him having sex and people are clapping for him i'm like he definitely was not cured like it did not work and it only like physically damaged him. The other, the only other thing I want to comment on before getting to ratings was to, um, I brought this up and I was talking with another friend about this because um, my Ben was over and he watched Clockwork Orange with me, um, and I was like, I you brought up invited him onto the podcast. Could have gotten. I should have. I should have. Viewpoint. <laughs> I should have, but. Um, Basically, I, I questioned, so I was like, okay, well then, because he said that he felt like he was still in control and he wasn't cured, and he was playing the system. And I was like, well, what is he playing the system when he jumped out the window because they were playing, you know, the Ninth Symphony? And, well, like, you could still suicide. play the system, but, like, it it's still a, a visceral reaction that he's having. You know, it's not yeah. like he's it's he's faking the reaction, still a, like a real reaction. He might have played the system and still felt the need to murder people and rape people and just do horrible yeah. things. But he's still having a reaction to everything. So, like, if he's being tortured, no matter how much he, you know, played the system, he's going to want to try to stop the torture. So, like, yeah. I, I still yeah. think he played the system. It's just he didn't know how to stop like what they did the, to him yeah the the they they conditioned him to like basically and in that in that specific scene he was locked in a room they had speakers underneath the room blasting as loud as they possibly could the ninth symphony and just making him go insane because he had mentioned in the scene prior that whenever he hears it he feels like he wants to go you know force his body into a state of calm basically commit suicide so they're like oh okay 
let's try that out. And I was like, oh my God, insane. I did, I, this would not be a movie that I would want to watch again. It did make me pretty uncomfortable. Um, and I, I was not a huge fan of the first half of the movie. I'll put it that way. Um, and, and even later on in the movie, there was like a 28, 28 second, like actual sex scene that was just like sped up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is yeah. this? It was not my movie. Um, but the psychological aspect of it, which happened in the second half, I was okay with, still wouldn't really want to watch it again. But because of that, and because it made me think and it ignited those deep conversations to try to like figure out like what was going on and what happened, I gave it a six out of 10. You have a way higher rating than I did. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Alyssa. Um, I gave it a one. I truly hated this movie. It made me feel uncomfortable, disgusted, like, and not in like the uncomfortable way, like a good thriller movie does. Like, I feel like the psychological aspect of this movie wasn't that great. Like, I feel like Vertigo did it better. Shutter Island did it better. Like, Silence of the Lambs did like the psychological aspect better. Like this one, I didn't leave being like, oh yeah, like that was such a good like. I understand. Like, like I was just like, this is stupid. Like, you did this to yourself, and then it just I didn't I didn't. It wasn't the best psychological thriller to me. I don't understand the hype of this movie. It it's not something that like I truly don't understand why people talk about this movie. If I could give it a negative score, I would. To be very honest. Um... Clearly, since I could not make it past 20 minutes, and even that was with grated teeth. Um, I agree with Alyssa in terms of I feel like this was someone's weird rape fantasy carried out with the sprinkling of psychological horror. And mind you, I love a good psychological horror. Alfred Hitchcock is one of my absolute favorite directors. I watched his show, actually. Um, I would get DVDs and watch it. Love that sort of thing. I love it when it makes you think. But the violence to me was repulsive, to be very honest. Um, And I'm sure there are people out there who love this movie. And that's great. That's their opinion. But to me, that's how I felt. Um, I know I met brought up to Chris. And uh, he kind of gave me that look of, do you know what the movie's about? Um, because he, like, very, that's so far left of center of the kind of movie I would ever watch. And he, his take on the movie, which was kind of interesting, was he's like, I don't know why people love it, but it's a cult classic. Um, and so it's one of those where, I think some people are intrigued by the psychological aspect of the second half of the movie. But yeah, to me, I just, I could not get past the violence of it. And I, 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 I'm not even going to score it to be very honest, because I don't feel like I can score it. Um, There are movies, there are movies I've watched that made me uncomfortable that made me think and I like that kind of thing every once in a while, 
but this particular movie I just I I could not do it I don't know if it's just because I tend to like to stick to more thinking movies or you know lighter movies I don't know if it's my new mom hormones but definitely yeah sorry (laughs) could I just couldn't do it so I missed the podcast recording earlier when we had discussed Clockwork Orange, and I just really wanted to uh, say my two cents on this movie because it's one of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, I'll go off right away and just say my rating. Uh, I would say 9 out of 10. I think this movie um, does a great job at really diving deep into morality, whether it's right if we had the kind of science and technology possible to change one's thinking and really change their behavior, whether that's the right thing to do. So the movie starts off showing Alex as this really violent, um, you know, rapist and doing all of these horrible crimes. And so showing that side to him for the first part of the movie really would make you think there's no way you could ever sympathize with him after seeing how terrible he was. But then after going through this therapy that makes him now repulsed by all violent images, you suddenly see him more as the victim. And so by showing the first half of the movie versus the second half of the movie, it really brings up that question of morality. Who's the victim here? Was Alex the victim in the second half of the movie? Or is this this justice? Is this okay? what they're doing. So I just really love this movie. I think it brings up a lot of really deep issues and questions, which I really love about the movie. Um, I also find it just incredibly entertaining. I know it's a violent movie, but it's still just really well done. Um, It's absolutely a classic for me. Definitely a cult classic as well as just in general, a classic movie. It's definitely referenced a lot in pop culture and pop culture and Yeah, I just think it's a really great movie. Again, it's referenced a lot, so it's hard for me to say anything other than that this is a classic movie. I also think uh, for the time period that it was made, it was kind of made right around the time where I feel like psychology was a really big subject matter in movies. Uh, It's very interesting to see how psychology was perceived in some of these movies from the 70s. I feel like it's just like this foreign subject and again with the the behavior changing that they were able to do it's just really fascinating to me the whole thing so yeah that's my opinion on A Clockwork Orange great movie 9 out of 10 definitely classic so I went into it yeah. not knowing what it was but it it was not like my, everyone my type like, like I, I was surprised like after we wa- like I finished I was like wow like but I mean like obviously you didn't know anything about it because like this is something that you would never like no, this was not my movie night. Yeah, like, that was just... Chris's take too. He's like, yeah. do, do you guys know what it's about? Like, no, like we all went in blind. Like, and I didn't know I what it like, was. No. <laughs> you, 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 you got you. Obviously, you picked the movie. You didn't know what it was. It was just like it was kind of like I think that's why we had such a visceral reaction to the movies because we were not we prepared expecting. going into the movie, and then all of a sudden, it's like you're hit with this, and you're like, 
what the heck am I watching yeah Yeah. like that's why I think like Lena couldn't finish the movie because it's like she like she mentally wasn't prepared and then she's hit with all this and it's just like it's it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth where you you truly don't want to continue on with the movie but like I obviously wanted to like finish off so it's like I I mean it's understandable why she stopped you know and it's also like I mean I don't want to like stop halfway like maybe it gets better but like for me it didn't get better continuing through the movie and I want to know more like details because it's like why why would someone film something like this so I mean, yeah. feel free to give us some some facts about this. Some background, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, fun facts. <laughs> well, I I have a I have a few that are you know, uh, not as fun, but definitely needed to be mentioned. Um, so one of them, the, the first half of the movie was not our favorite. Um, so fun fact number one was that filming the rape scenes at the beginning were actually so difficult for the actress originally cast in the role that she quit. Mm, um, the part surprised. was recast <laughs> with Adrian Corey, who was said to have been furious at the num- large number of takes that the director required, um, feeling it ought to have been done swiftly. Um, however, Malcolm McDowell had stated that Corey was very game about the brief but difficult role in the nudity throughout filming. She, because at one point she joked before the scene saying that um, she, that the other actors were finally going to see that she was a natural redhead because they were going to see her naked, basically seeing her bush. Um, and so they're like, oh, she's okay with this. And so, but she wasn't. <laughs> She's well, like, you um, can joke about something because yeah. you're feeling awkward, but doesn't mean that you're okay with it. Like, that's why, yeah. like, when you mentioned, like, how she felt uncomfortable, how many times she had to remake this. That's why, like, when I mentioned earlier, the di- this is, like, the director's porn, like, rape fantasy. Like, this is his rape fantasy, and he made it into a movie. One of my other fun facts, <laughs> I feel like these are very fun facts this week, but um, another fun fact Um Last one, uh, you know, noting any of the the sex scenes before I get to, you know, another topic of fun facts. Um, just get it out of the way there. Um, but in the second half of the movie, Lena, there was a scene which was basically a fash motion blur sex scene um, that took 28 minutes to shoot. Um, and they basically sped it up super duper quickly so that um, they could ensure that it wouldn't be specifically cited by censors for sexually explicit content in the movie. Um, Is this when he was getting brainwashed? No. No, this is when he was in the record shop and he met up with the two girls and he took them back to... Lena watched that part. She she watched that part? Yeah, that was the first half of the movie. That was like the first 20 minutes. I thought you were talking about the, the rape scene that he had to watch over and over again. When you're talking about it, but no, that makes no, okay. no. Yeah, I, I saw. Well, that, that was that like scene. there were there were the two rape scenes, and then there was this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I saw all of that. You saw um, this part, okay? So the scene ended up contributing to the film's eventual X rating, not for explicit content, but because the censors feared the technique would be co-opted by actual pornographers who could speed up their films as a loophole to get their films passed by the ratings board. Ah. Uh. So I thought that was interesting and also interesting that it was actually a sex scene. And after they were yelling and screaming cut, the actors continued to have sex. And I'm like, 
Oh my gosh. You mentioned the era and I feel like a lot of this type of movie, these types of movies came out because I think this is from made in the 70s. Yeah. And Chris actually pointed that out to me too um, when I mentioned the movie that there's a lot of really bizarre movies that are bizarrely sexual that came out of the 70s. I don't know if that was like an era of free expression, an extension of this free love thing, but psychedelics or <laughs> yeah, a combination of all of it. But yeah, it was like it. It seems like there's this whole era that seems to have a ton of these movies. But um, moving away from the sexualness of the movie, which is kind of hard because <laughs> it was like That's the underlying the theme. Is. It was like the underlying theme. Um, so for the part where they were basically classically conditioning him, um, they had uh, used clips to keep his force his eyes open. Yeah, um, to watch you know watch horrible movie scenes happening in front of him, so that he would become physically sick. Um, but he was supposed to have those on, and they were only supposed to be used for while a patient was lying down. But he, the actor, I think I want to say, pronounce it right, Kubrick, Kubrick, insisted that the character be sitting up watching footage for his rehabilitation. Um, and, he, well, actually, oh, sorry, that was the director. Yeah, the, the director director's sitting up. McDowell was Mc, the yeah. actor. And so McDowell, the actor, um, actually sliced his cornea during the screen, forcing um the perfectionist director kubrick to cut it short and he had several scratches on his eyes because of the like those scenes yeah because when i was watching i even made a note like that must have been extremely uncomfortable because basically like think of um eyelash curlers and like that's basically what they like they put on his eyes to like force open it it just i felt like it was like how did he film it like and like it makes sense that he scratched because even when the guy was trying to put it on it kept slipping and like i'm just like that must be like you must be in pain like that yes. hurts like watching. they had he could not physically keep his eyes open so they they you know they use the clamps and all that and um they they actually the the person putting the eye drops in his eyes during that scene was actually a doctor trying to like you know like maintain i don't know his the the healthiness of his eyes i guess yeah um um, so on a lighter note, McDowell recorded the film's voiceovers over two weeks of post-production sessions with the director Kubrick to break up the sessions that stretched on for literal hours. The pair would retreat to a ping pong table outside the recording studio to play a few games before heading back to work. Following the two weeks of the sessions, McDowell's agent learned that the actor was only paid for one week of work, yeah. even though he had worked for two. Kubrick's explanation for the one week amount was for the work they did because he said that since they played ping pong in between you know recording he wasn't going to pay him for the additional week what? that's <laughs> that's messed up this is why i don't like this act um director director like, he's this just director, i think is also only like known for this movie because when i looked at it up, when i looked it up um the director was like that was the only movie that came up for him i'm sure he had other work but I think this was his only notable work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last last fun fact I have, um, which correlates with the 
one of the scenes towards the beginning of the movie where they broke into uh, a, a man in a woman's house and basically raped the wife and paralyzed you know, the man. Yeah, paralyzed the man. Um, the notable song of Singing in the Rain. Um, so Singing in the Rain was an improvised scene. So McDowell came up with the idea for his character to sing Singing in the Rain. Um, and Kubrick thought the film's famously brutal scene in which Alex and his droogs attach, attack the writer and wife were playing flat during rehearsal. So to adequately convey the violent nature of the scene and the sinister nature of the character, he asked McDowell to do something outrageous like dance around um, to bring even more to the scene. The actor began humming while dancing and then broke into singing in the rain. McDowell would go on to say, and why did he do that? He said, because... The song is Hollywood's gift to the world euphoria, and that's what the character was feeling at the time, which kind of made it even more, I guess, in my opinion, it's just like more insane, more like, you know, like making fun of the fact that they were like, you know, I don't know. I share your feelings of uncomfortableness (laughs) in several scenes of this movie. I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page of classic stuff. So you want to want to give us the definition? <laughs> all right. So definition of classic Sundays. Our, our definition of a classic movie is, is the movie truly considered a classic based on the following criteria? Acting, music, dialogue, attention, to historical details, costuming, scenery. And we added, did it have a cultural impact? I feel like on the count of three, we should all say what we think um, this movie is. <laughs> I want to see if we all say the same thing. So are you guys ready? Okay. One, two, three. Not classic. a classic. Not a classic. Oh my God. You think it's a classic, Chantel? I will t- I'll, I'll give my reasoning. I'll give my reasoning. I don't think <laughs> I can be friends with you anymore. <laughs> like, what? How? Okay. 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 So I... Okay, so just because I I'll start by saying just because I said it's a classic does not mean I like the movie or want to watch it again. Um, so I felt like okay, so it was a '70s movie, and so I felt like the, I guess, attention to the historical details of, I don't, I don't know. I guess the the costume wasn't everything it wasn't historical details movie. though because it's supposed to be set in like this futuristic time. So true. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think it had any cultural impact, really. Like, I know this guy, it's a bit of a cult classic, but I have never heard Clockwork Orange reference. I hadn't even heard of this movie, really, until you until I saw that that was for this week. I had heard the heard... name before. I hadn't heard about necessarily about it. Yeah, like, I've, I but... heard the name, but I never so... no one ever told me what it was about. Yeah, so by classic and by what Lena had mentioned earlier about what Chris had said, by classic, I mean, like, cult classic. Um, I, I felt like that there has been, I guess, references brought up to, like, the, I guess, the psychological aspect of, like, the second half of the movie. Um and that's basically where I'm leaving it as is it's a cult classic. It's not my cult classic. I am not a fan. I won't 
watch it again. It made me uncomfortable and it was not a favorite, but I can see, I can see why it's a cult classic. So I'm naming it a cult classic. I feel like Lena and I can both agree that this movie does not deserve any recognition. We're, we're in agreement. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, it, it was not good. It did not make us feel good. It did not make us feel comfortable. It was not, it was not necessary. And even if it had happened, it did not need to happen. It did not need to be directed to the level that it was. Yeah. All right, then. So we just did our um, thing. So I think my movie is next. So, um, I think we're going to do How to Marry a Millionaire for next Sunday. Okay. So I don't know if you Sounds guys watched that. But yeah. What era right. is that? I think it's 1960s or 1950s. Let me check. It is 1953. Okay, cool. All righty. So that was a nice um, debate <laughs> that we had. Not even a debate, but like a, a nice conversation of why we don't like this movie. But <laughs> an understanding of why some people would like this movie. So... But yeah, um, I guess I'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. 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 Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the episode. I just wanted to remind you guys that we post every Sunday. So I hope to see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Bye.